0: So, hey, Kelly from Better Call Saul Fun Facts. This is Mike from West Coast Project. Hi. We're doing 104 Hero. We Kelly, are. How did you? What did you think of Hero?
1: Well, I'm really liking that they're slowly birthing Saul, and we'll get into that. But this is an episode written by Jennifer Hutchinson, and she won... The Writers Guild for Confessions, which is, we remember, is Breaking Bad Fans. Um, that's one that Walt confesses on the videotape, and then Saul gets his ass kicked by Jesse. And this is actually what solidified uh, Vince Gilligan's decision that Bob Odenkirk could have the, the acting chops to have his own show because of the way that he, his attitude towards the fight and how he handled it. So Vince was thinking about Bob Odenkirk and Saul Goodman since season three, but for the way that Saul, um, Bob Odenkirk was so excited about it, um, this is kind of what really got the motivation
0: going. Yeah, they were talking about in the Insider Podcast how Saul is way more scene heavy than even Walt was in Breaking Bad. He's in like every scene, every single scene of every episode.
1: Exactly. And he was coming from a comedic background, you know, where they're changing stuff around and doing one liners. And with Breaking Bad and Saul, Good and Better Call Saul, they've got all these uh, strict dialogue that you don't really vary from. So Bob Odenkirk has taken on a huge role, and I just think he's crushing it.
0: All right, let's get into it. We're in Cicero, Illinois. Cicero is a suburb of Chicago. And drunk Jimmy is out teaching his buddy how to howl to affect the medulla on girls' wolf brains. Pretty cool.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah. I'm loving Jimmy's shirt. It's so ugly, it's almost blinding. Your girl, Kelly,
0: has that ever worked on your wolf brain?
1: No. No, in fact, I found it annoying. I wanted them to stop. But Bob Odenkirk's from Chicago, so uh, they were kind of using him for some... Uh, information on locations and how to film
0: that. With a little practice, that other guy got pretty good at his howl.
1: He did. That you know, that guy was in um, at the X Files too.
0: His second howl was what, much better than his first attempt.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. All right. So we hear Saul's alter ego. Saul good, man. He stretches it out. And I noticed a lot of people in Reddit and around the forums were saying, whoa, so I get it. That's what Saul good, man, means. Like they didn't even get it after all of Breaking Bad and, you know, these first four episodes.
1: Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow, right, and that that was the first thing I'm thinking of as kind of the crowning of the head. He's just now starting, he's been thinking about this, obviously, since when he was back being Slippin' Jimmy, about this name. Uh, But then we'll see a little bit later that we see just a little bit more glimpse of Saul's birth.
0: This episode begins with a scam and it ends with a scam. Um, Kelly, did you believe this scam was doable? Would you have fallen for it, maybe? I mean, was it a good scam, do you think?
1: it was. I mean, the guy looks like he's two sheets to the wind and he's teaching them how to howl. So, you know, I I would have gone for it, I think, especially if you're inebriated. You're not thinking so clearly.
0: The other thing people were talking about in the forums, they're trying to deconstruct this scam. Like, what could go wrong? Like, what if the guy, what if the first guy just wanted to keep the money and just said, yeah, don't worry about it. You keep the watch. I'll keep this money.
1: Right. I thought about that, too. But I'm thinking this might be showcasing Jimmy's ability to be a scammer. And and th- another thing that they noticed, too, is that Paul Newman's character on the movie The Sting is uh, Henry uh, Gondorf, Gondorf. And that was the same name on the li- driver's license of the guy laying on the ground.
0: Yeah, Vince is still doing his culture club references here with all these movies and stuff. Yeah. So people were also saying, what if the guy just runs? What if the guy... Just grabs the money and runs away. Because they thought if um, if he wanted to just keep the money, the big guy could just get up and saw and the big guy could beat up the other guy and just take take his money.
1: Well, if you see that he they have a bunch more in the next scene, so this is something they've got on lock. You know, they've they've got this down. They've done this a few times.
0: So we do learn this uh, the scam anatomy of Jimmy. We we cut him open and we see inside. This is his anatomy, right? Small time at the beginning, and then the long tail scam at the end that we see him pull off right he never really get he 's never really going to get beyond that, but um I thought that was pretty cool. we also it, saw jimmy's that, oh sorry, go ahead uh, sorry, we also saw jimmy 's basement apartment with his bong and his Chicago <laughs> music on the stereo and a rush poster so he was very uh early 1980s there right, and that was it. that was the opening credits, and we get this very, very early look at slipping jimmy and what he does to make a living essentially
1: right yeah he's just doing all these
0: scams so next we see the kettleman's kind of back into real time and saul's talking to the kettleman's about that money
1: yeah she was saying well <clears> there <throat> was a guy in a van who was looking at us so because he was trying to convince her that that guy was uh innocent and she's like well if he was looking at me looking at us in the van then he couldn't have been all that innocent
0: She's so close to the truth. She's just mm-hmm. all around it, but she's not quite there.
1: Right. And it, it was confirmed, my suspicions, that uh, Vince Gilligan did name Betsy Kettleman after Betsy Brandt.
0: Okay. Yeah, I called her Julianne Kettleman for Julianne Emery, but <laughs> Betsy, Betsy Kettleman. Yeah. And it turns out they have no long-term plan. They're just uh, camping, just to see what they can come up with next. But Salk suggests he can get them out of it because they look like a camping family. He, he can just go back to the Hamlins and talk to Kim Wexler and just say she'll understand if it's just a camping trip. And you go back home and turn back in the money and everybody's good, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Betsy doesn't, want, doesn't like that. She says, what about the money? We have to give it back?
1: Yeah, she was adamant. Like, we are not giving this back. He worked weekends and he worked nights and we deserve it and we're not giving it
0: back. People have been sold into slavery, human slavery, for working overtime and nights and weekends. Pretty yeah. bad Pretty bad analogy. It didn't make her look very sympathetic.
1: No, not at all. And I want to point out, too, that I didn't notice this, but I read somewhere that the shirt that he's got, that uh, Jimmy McGill has tucked in halfway out and halfway in, looks exactly like... Um, uh, Walter White in the first pilot episode with the green shirt sticking out in the underwear.
0: That's a good reference.
1: Yeah, so if you're looking at that, go back and check that out.
0: So Betsy tries to give Saul, or Jimmy, 35000 Um and he can't take it. Jimmy can't take it, but he can take a retainer, and he's all passion and commitment, but Julianne Kettleman says, no, you're the kind of lawyer that guilty people would hire. Betsy. <laughs> I know. I'm making fun of the name. Pretty pretty ballsy of her to say that, that she is, in fact, guilty, and she doesn't want to reach down to a lawyer that only guilty people would hire.
1: Right, and I, I like the fact that he wouldn't take the bribe, but he tried so hard, like, just to get her—we did the slip and fall with those kids—just to try to get him—get her as a client— And now he's not even willing to take a bribe, but he'll take a retainer, and they still won't hire him.
0: He's trying to do it on the up and up. He he is Jimmy Slip and Fall, but he's trying to turn his way back to the straight and narrow, but he just can't seem to do it.
1: And I think too that people don't take him seriously, so this may be why he becomes the kind of lawyer that he does—the bunch bunch bus bench lawyer.
0: Yeah, he's never he's his his fate is cast here. Yeah. We see him talking to Mike now, and they start to bond a little bit more, Kelly. They're talking more than just the grunts as they pass each other in the morning and the afternoons. Um, And so Jimmy asked Mike, did it make the paper, meaning the Kettleman's? And he kind of congratulates him. He says, you called it camping. They were right behind their house.
1: Yeah, character development. I'm thinking Mike's going to get out of that box
0: here soon. But Mike's not the loquacious sort. He doesn't say anything. He just shuts the window. Right. <laughs> All right, Saul's going to get nacho-free, and Jimmy gets nacho-free. And he's looking to starting to look like the Saul we know from Breaking Bad now. He's really kind of smart and smarmy with the cops, cracking some jokes. And they're sniffing around the truth. Nacho knows that somebody warned him or warned the Kettleman's. And uh, Jimmy stands up to Nacho here. I thought that was really good. He says, you fucked up the surveillance. You didn't need any help getting caught kind of you got yourself caught
1: i love that too he's got some balls and i i love that he's sticking up to nacho uh because you know he's saying like hey why don't you clean out your van you know how about a little bit of ajax the neighbor id'd you you didn't do yourself any favors here because he's you know he's trying to blame jimmy for this stuff
0: yeah jimmy slash saul is really learning his lawyer chops here he's he's getting it down Right, Sorry. go to the nail salon, his home base, and he does some uh creative accounting here to come up to how this thirty five thousand would end up in his hands. Special circumstances elite tier pricing at nine hundred and fifty an hour for twenty hours accounts for nineteen thousand of it. You know me, Kelly, I like the math here, so I did some math. Basically, just listen to Saul, read these things all off, so nineteen thousand for that, plus one thousand for travel expenses, plus fifteen hundred for consulting fees. Plus research, plus filing fees, plus some meals on the road, storage fees, miscellaneous expenses, and um, he uh, he counts for it all. I guess he says this is thirty-five thousand I legitimately earned as a lawyer.
1: I was looking forward to your math. I was hoping you would do. Uh-huh. Uh, Good. Right. And I I swear that he said the elite tiering, he has said that to Jesse or Walt when they've effed up before. Like, I need to start charging you the elite tiering. It sounded so
0: familiar when he said it. That's a good phrase to keep chambered if you're a lawyer. Like, do you want the regular price or the elite tier? Special, (laughs) super duper. And then he turns it a little religious. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church. And that's what he is. He's, He's forged his soul here. Like I've said, he's Saul Goodman. He's never going to be a corporate lawyer. He's just slip and slide. He's slip and slide when he's in Breaking Bad. He's a, like you called him, a bus bench lawyer now.
1: Well, and I think he's better meant for that, really. I mean, he could go with the high-priced people, but, you know, he's got a kind soul, and he, he kind of grew up that way. So maybe he's better served for the, the people who are less fortunate.
0: He's no Hamlin. He's no Chuck, for sure. Those guys seem to have zero sense of humor and Saul's got a great sense of humor. Exactly. All right, so Saul's long-tail scam begins here. Now Jimmy's long-tail scam, the longer-term scam, very complicated. Begins with his new suit made out of Tasmanian wool. Um, this is pretty cool, seeing him walking into this tailor and kind of picking out his his uh, step number one of his scam.
1: Yeah, his Sea Island cotton shirt, right, and that Tasmanian wool Um but, you know, the, this is where I feel like the second part of his birthing process came in is when he looked at that burnt orange shirt.
0: Yeah, but he skipped it. He's still not quite Saul Goodman. He couldn't pull the trigger on that orange shirt.
1: Exactly. He's just kind of, his head's starting to pop out. But, yeah, he definitely, I loved it. I love that he looked at that shirt, and you could just tell that that Saul Goodman he wanted. But he was trying to mirror Harry Hamlin. But, yeah, he loved that shirt.
0: Exactly. He does go on to get his teeth whitened, his hair cut and colored, and curled into ringlets like Spartacus.
1: <laughs> What's great about this, and I noticed this myself, is when he's arguing with Mrs. Wynne, who that lady in real life does not have any type of accent, but when he was saying they were arguing over what color his hair should be, and she, he said, oh, well, I'll Photoshop it. If you look at that billboard, he has those ridiculous curls, and you can tell that he's got the highlights in his hair, So, I thought that was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, that was the. He was supposed to look like Hamlin, right? Just an exact suit and hair and everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he looked horrible.
0: So, we're going to see Hamlin now. We go to Kim at work. Kim's calling Jimmy to offer a date. Um, You think Kim really likes Jimmy for real, here, or do you think she's just trying to work him on the lawyer end of it?
1: I don't think either. I think that they were friends, and I think that the way that they talked to each other um that maybe they had a romantic inkling but i think that they're in the friend zone i don't feel there's a romantic feel i feel more of like a she's kind of feels bad for them.
0: yeah they do seem very friendish i guess not very romantic there's no there's no uh magic between them sexual appeal between them right and hamlin meets with her and she wants to hire a pr firm for the kettlemans i guess to make them look better than they're looking and um, Hamlin takes her out on a drive and shows her the billboard. And uh, I guess this is part one and a half of Saul's scam, Jimmy scam. It's the, uh, it's the billboard now put up with Hamlin's suit, the Hamlin logo, and it's right on his route to work every day. Can't miss it.
1: Right. And, you know, he says take a ride with me, which this, again, is another reference back to when uh, Gus and Skyler both say that to Walt, Um, but what's interesting too, is that Vince Gilligan originally wanted that billboard to be outside of Hamlin's office, but it was just too much to do. Uh, so that's why they put in that bit of, um, dialogue where Kim says, you know, it's right on his way to work. You know, he sees it every day.
0: Was that the billboard that we saw way before Saul started and was kind of in the previews and everybody got excited? Like, Ooh, there's the billboard. They put a real billboard up, right?
1: Yes, they did. Uh, The art department made it, and they worked with Clear Channel, uh, and they put that up there. And, um, yeah, they were afraid that people were going to start calling the cops and stuff later. I'm getting ahead of myself with the end. But, yeah, so that was a real billboard, and the same one.
0: So we jump into the nail salon date, and we'll call it a date, I guess, with Kim, a meeting with Kim. And Jimmy's got on his University of American Samoa sweatshirt, which was very cool. And I guess they're going to actually start selling that, huh?
1: Yeah, and what's cool about it, too, is that they gave it to the staff, so everybody was running around with those, because they always give a gift to the staff uh, after the filming ends. Um, Yeah, and they're going to be out for sale. I guess they're really comfortable and soft, and and that that was also the degree that he had on his wall in Better Call Saul. That was his credentials, which that's obviously not a real place, but... I guess that's where he got his his uh, law degree.
0: Yeah, are we sure it's not? I mean, there's an American Samoa is a real place. Is it, there's not a University of American Samoa?
1: No, I looked it up because I wanted to make sure. Uh, and if you look on the website, there's a picture of him, but of, of Saul Goodman, but it's not real.
0: Well, that's real enough for me. Yeah, I thought it was too. So anyway, they're talking in the nail salon, and those massages they were getting, Kelly, are fake. Did you read or listen to that in the Insider podcast?
1: I did. I thought it was funny that Saul Good—or well, Bob Odenkirk—was uh, kind of moving himself around. It looked like he was getting a massage. Um, but you know, the the actress Rhea Seahorn and him and Bob Odenkirk really quickly he had found a ripped uh, tear on his vocal cord um, three weeks before he was going to be filming. And this is on my Better Call Saul fun facts page for more information on that, but they, I guess they went to Santa Fe, him and Rhea, and he wouldn't speak. He was trying to preserve his voice. uh, And they got really bonded over the fact that they had to write to each other through books. Uh, So they, they said that this scene here with them at the nail shop um, was really well done because of the fact that they took that kind of mode to get to know each other.
0: Yeah. Ray Seahorn was on the, um, the insider podcast too this week for this episode if you don't have a, if you haven't listened to that you really should if you're listening you like this podcast because it's really cool to hear them talk about like stuff like that and how they put the shots together and construct the scenes and what the motivation is kind of behind the characters it's really cool
1: yeah you know it's cool too because she found out she got the part on her birthday so that had to have been a great birthday gift
0: well, she's there. She kind of makes fun of him a little bit. She's teasing him in a friendly way. She says, You're living like a king here with the massage chairs and the foot water. What, what do you call the water massager? And he's drinking uh, the cucumber water and. Cucumber uh, water. <laughs> he's drinking something more powerful, though. He had a little bottle of some kind of hooch.
1: Well, you, you're afraid of the germs in that thing. Maybe he's gotten wise.
0: Yeah. But she's really there to deliver him the cease and desist order from the Hamlins that pretty much says he has to stop what he's doing. Right. And she tells him it's serious. This is serious, Jimmy. It's all it's all a big deal. You can't pretend it's just for fun. But this is all part of Jimmy's play in this scam.
1: Exactly. And I hadn't put all this together right away either. Um, even at the end, it took me a minute to figure out how that all went hand in hand. I think I think other people were fooled as well.
0: Yeah, a lot of people... It was a little too convenient that the guy falls when the camera's on and all that, but <laughs> um, but anyway, Jimmy in this point says he's building a brand. He tries to, to defend his, his uh, reasoning behind what he's doing with the logos and the billboards and everything, but they do end up in an arbitration hearing with the judge, Hamlin and Jimmy. Um, Hamlin identifies his logo as hamlindigo blue the color he owns the color even in the logo so cheesy <laughs> and uh to hammer all this home completely jimmy's wearing the exact same suit as hamlin
1: this this scene to me was really really funny and you know when when hamlin says hey i feel like i'm in a was he say in a mirrored in a Groucho Marx...
0: Yeah, that's what he says. Groucho Marx. I feel like I'm in a Groucho Marx bit with the mirror. There's an old Marx Brothers movie where I think Harpo is mirroring Groucho, and he's a little bit off. in the, You can tell it's not a mirror, but it's really funny. And well, he's supposed to look exactly like him.
1: So uh, one of my followers, Jared Jackson, he explained this to me um, about Mulder and Fletcher in X-Files. There was a an episode with Vince Gilligan wrote... And Michael McKeon switches places with David Duchovny, who played Mulder. uh, And they had referenced a movie called uh, Duck Soup, which was a Groucho Marx. So there's there's a lot of X-Files references with the guy in the beginning uh, who was in the X-Files and now this. Uh, So constantly getting the X-Files references is pretty unique.
0: Yeah, and Saul loses this uh, hearing. I know he knew he was going to lose, but this is part two of his scam accomplished now. He's got... He's got the judge saying, you can't do this anymore, so he's forced to take down the billboard.
1: Right. It's pretty ridiculous how close it is, but he doesn't want his name being taken away. And I knew when they told him that in the beginning, he wasn't going to like that. Nobody wants their
0: name to be stolen. Right. It's a very sympathetic position to have. Like, you're taking my name away? I can't even use my own name? It's very smart of Saul to do this. Right. So part three is he tries to get all the media involved, the papers and the media to come out and see that they're forcing him to take his billboard down. And he's ha- not having much luck with this, Kelly. Um, he sees a New- University of New Mexico girl walk by in her shirt and he kind of gets the idea, well, I'll screw the media. I'll just hire a college kid to get the video
1: exactly spent all that time didn't he try to call all those places while he was in court nobody was biting on it
0: yeah he was getting the yeah i know you have my number i have your number too. like it's the blow off he was getting left and right from all these media places yeah so he's just gonna hire the camera he doesn't need the media to come he's just gonna hire somebody to do it so we're kind of caught up on the scam now right he's got this idea he's gonna Make himself look exactly like Hamlin, put the billboard up, be forced to take the billboard down, get a camera to project the sympathy of it all. And then we'll see the next part of this. this is the final part is that he has the college kid doing the video and he has to direct the kid to get him and the billboard both in the shot. And this is some poor ass film students. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. But I liked uh, Saul being the director here. That was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, like, hey, the only other guy that's here, get over here. Yeah, he
0: was b- being... He was he was, uh, he was doing it well, too. I mean, somebody needed to take charge. The sound kid wasn't doing anything, and the cameraman was just a smartass. But Saul gets it all lined up, tells his small-time dream story of how he wanted to be a lawyer. All I wanted to do, do was use my own name. The guy falls, and he's a hero, and we get our name game title in the episode kelly was there anywhere else you could think of in hero was there any other hero or do you have any fun facts else other other th- things about the name hero
1: well i have one thing too the guy that fell from the billboard was in the montage of when he was helping all those different clienteles in miho which was the second episode uh and this guy was also in breaking bad and one of, another one of my listeners adam ramirez told me that so good on him um, but he, there. if you notice on these Breaking or, whoa, on the Better Call Saul episodes that it's been Uno Miho, Nacho Hero and uh, Vince Gilligan had mentioned that they're going to try to do O's at the end of everything because with Breaking Bad if you remember they were trying to do titles of movies or references to movies like Cats in the River um, and then that kind of went south and then they started doing the titles where they were putting all the episodes together to say something. Uh so they don't know how long this will hold up, but for right now, look for the O's in those titles.
0: Yeah, they were trying to say seven thirty seven down over A B Q and or they not only trying to, they did say that in, in season one. Right. But spoiler alert, we know that they're gonna lose that theme, right? Next episode.
1: I don't know what the next title is.
0: Alpine Shepherd Boy.
1: No, oh, well, then that didn't last long. <laughs> they said they didn't know how long they were going to go with it. It's funny. They try it, but they usually do about three or four, and I think they lose interest.
0: <laughs> it's funny that they have this theme, and then they just totally abandon it for, like, how does Alpine Shepherd Boy fit into Nacho Hero, Miho? Pretty funny.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Funnier this way than to keep the theme going. Yeah, So that's a pretty dramatic little stunt, though, huh, Kelly? He climbs up this thing, one ladder, then gets to the other, then kind of muscles himself over and picks the guy up. It's a pretty hard thing to do, even if it was planned.
1: I agree, and I will admit, and I hope other people were as naive as me, but even at this point, I still didn't know that this was a scam.
0: Well, the guy says it took you long enough, and they kind of handshake. That kind of sealed the deal.
1: That's when I figured it out, but during this whole part, I, I thought it was—I thought it was really unrealistic for Breaking Bad and for Better Call Saul writers. They don't usually do something like that. So once I discovered, oh, they're in cahoots, then it made sense.
0: So this does show up on the news. The people at Hamlin Hamlin McGill see it on the TV, on the TV, and Kim smiles. She's proud of her boy. He pulled off—he pulled it off. She kind of gets it now, and she's kind of proud of him. I think. I think so too. And it works. Saul's messages light up back at the, at the Nail Parlor um, office he has, his little home there. His messages, he's got, what, seven or eight messages?
1: Yep, he's got seven messages, and he's, he's excited now. It worked.
0: So he goes to visit Chuck, and he hides the papers that kind of show the news of this scam. He doesn't want him to know. Jimmy doesn't want Chuck to know. And at first, Chuck congratulates him and says, hard work looks good on you. He's kind of happy for him that he's getting... He's a little suspicious, though, I think. He looks a little wary.
1: I I agree. Uh, I think... Because uh, it was kind of an overnight success. And he's been doing this slip and jimmy thing, as we've learned in prior episodes, when he saw the hospital bills for the twins. So the fact that all of a sudden everything's going his way, I think his brother's instinct is just to kind of be...
0: Uh, suspicious of him. He's very smart because he says, look, you're a public defender and you got these referrals." Like, hmm, that's interesting. Was it? He names somebody, and he kind of tries to. He wants to maybe believe it, but he he really doesn't because he goes out to get the paper. Right? He doesn't want to. Last thing he wants to do is go out in the sunlight under the high high power wires. Um, and he goes and gets the newspaper from the other person's driveway, and he's a very fair. Um, that's a very fair exchange. Five dollars for the newspaper.
1: I think so too. This, this was my favorite part. Um, And just because I really liked the point of view shot that they did, it shows how Chuck feels. Now we can understand how that feels to actually go outside to somebody with that mental condition. And it reminded me of when Jesse was all paranoid about the bikers when he was high on meth at his house. But the fact that the $5 blew away and he took the time to go grab it and put a rock on it. And then when, when they shoot to seeing the, the neighbor looking out the window and how insane he looked, I was cracking up.
0: It was kind of sad, though. I mean, he's such a fair guy. He doesn't want to just steal the paper. I mean, how many people would just steal the paper? He I was $5 for it. <laughs> right. He, he, he's risking his greatest fear, too, to j- just get this news. And he's not really happy with this scam that Jimmy pulled off his brother. I think really, it really proves that he's a very, very straight and honest person. Yes. How will how will Chuck's arc end, Kelly? What's going to happen to him?
1: What's going to happen to Chuck? Yeah. I have a suspicion that something's so- going to make him get better, that maybe he's got to save his brother, or he's got to get out of this craziness that he's in, and maybe Chuck will or I'm sorry, Jimmy will pull him out of it.
0: Yeah, Is- I'm thinking the opposite. I'm thinking the same result but the opposite. Like he's going to get hurt or killed and that's going to pull jimmy wake jimmy up and make him be he never really gets out of it he doesn't become like a straight-laced hamlin type corporate lawyer at least that we know of saul but he's gonna he's gonna get bolder and bolder and i think something like that has to make him push him over that that boundary
1: that's a good theory that will be interesting to see if if any of them shake out
0: so I got another theory for you, Kelly. Was Saul in the in the foreshadowing in the very first episode, the very first scene at the Cinnabon? You know, that scene was black and white. We talked about that in our first podcast. Was that real, do you think, or was that a dream? Oh, I think that's real. Because sometimes in film and media, they make dreamy, they make like changing the color to black and white makes it mystical or more of a dreamlike scene than a real scene
1: I think it was real because they really needed to showcase in the beginning that There's an oh, any
0: that. fashion trend Duke's family
1: only the advertisement I'm coming up on my
0: screen coming
1: through perfectly clear
0: oh. from tiara get to get of here. just one of many I'm's formulas to keep Is up. it a cinnabon commercial
1: <laughs> I wish it came through my, my Skype I've never had that happen before. Interesting. Oh, I don't like that. Um, but anyway, I think the contrast uh, of his life having to be the black and white, because we're all waiting to find out what happened to Saul, and when the first thing opens up and it's black and white, it's, it's clear to me as an audience member that that was supposed to be uh, something that had happened prior to, and that this was his dismal life, and then they show just a little bit of color on his glasses when he
0: starts to watch his old ads. Yeah, they d- it did make it look very dreary, which I guess was sort of the point. Be right. interesting to see though where, where, Okay, how about this? I'm throwing these uh, throwing these strategic questions at you. Where will where will Better Call Saul intersect with Breaking Bad?
1: Well, we've already got a little bit of Tuco that they've brought onto to the scene. And then, he's. of course, we've found out that uh, Nacho is Ignacio, so that's already kind of married the two. Um, so I would imagine if Nacho's going to be getting upset with, with Jimmy slash Saul, uh, that we may end up seeing uh, Gustavo or somebody else coming along, and that's how they'll bring those together.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering about the time though. Like, okay, Breaking Bad started with Walt in the car wash and at the school and stuff. What do you think Saul will ever catch up to that? Like, do you think it will catch up to Breaking Bad, intersect a little bit and then go past it, or do you think it'll? You think season five of Better Call Saul will end right at the beginning of Breaking Bad?
1: Well, I think it, I guess it kind of depends on what road they want to take us down and how, Vincent, that the writers are going to feel about intercepting Breaking Bad because right now they're trying to make it that it's standing on its own. But you know, everybody wants it to link together at some point, even if it's just for a little bit.
0: Yeah. Um, I think the first season, it would be too fast. Right. But maybe the second season. I mean, what what about a cliffhanger? Like, we're halfway through now. When one more episode will be halfway through the first season. What about a cliffhanger what how will the first season end of Saul here?
1: That's really hard to say i I, I think you're right as far as we've kind of got our caper you mentioned uh, last time uh, with the money and the the kettlemans and nacho so I'm sure it'll be something with what's happening with Saul and they'll leave us with something exciting i'm sure it's hard to even detect what that would be
0: yeah nothing really evil has happened yet like no murders or anything or kidnappings i I think that may happen to to that may be a pretty strong cliffhanger like the guys getting their legs broken was pretty bad but nobody getting killed really or no big 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 huge crime yet
1: yeah, I was getting some complaints on my Facebook page, and there was some discussion on how dark do you think Better Call Saul is going to get? Because if you, you know, in the beginning of Breaking Bad as well, um, there was a lot of gore right off the bat. But is is Saul going to be that gory and deep and dark of a show uh, as Walt descended into being Heisenberg? Kind of remains to see because it's got a really light hearted kind of comedy tone to it that I like.
0: I think it's got to reach towards that though. I think people are expecting it. I know I am. I'm like, okay, when when does the Breaking Bad stuff start really kicking in here? Right. So anyway, that was it for 104 uh, Hero. 105 is Alpine Shepherd Boy for God Knows Who or Why. Um, Kelly from Better Call Saul fun facts. Do you have any other fun facts for us for the episode four here? No, nope, that was it. All right, awesome. So if you want to reach us, you can go to West Coast Project and look at West Coast Project and look at Better Call Saul and a bunch of other podcasts. But look at Better Call Saul. And Kelly has her websites, Better Call Saul fun facts, Breaking Bad fun facts. And Kelly, what's your Twitter?
1: B-R-B-A underscore fun facts.
0: Hey, what's the best way to get to your websites through Facebook or um, what, just Internet or what? What's the very? What's the first site they should look at?
1: Well, if you want to do straight fun facts right off the bat, then that would be my Instagram page, which is Better Call Saul Fun Facts. If you're looking for fun facts and then also a lot of articles and things that I can accommodate with Facebook, then uh, Better Call Saul Fun Fun Facts on Facebook is the place for
0: you. And so all those links are on the West Coast Project page for Better Call Saul. You can see them and click through. Kelly, what's your favorite of all those to-do? All
1: the fun facts? Yeah. Uh, Right now I'm really liking the ones that that myself or other people are finding. um, Little Easter eggs between Breaking Bad um, and Better Call Saul.
0: So you're still putting in stuff for Breaking Bad?
1: Oh, yes. One yep. point.
0: How long ago was it what a year and a half ago the season ended?
1: Yes, yep, and I still have tons and tons and tons of stuff, but I've been focusing so much on Better Call Saul because but surprisingly there's so much to put on there. Um a lot of stuff out on Better Call Saul all the time. I can barely keep up with it all.
0: All right, Kelly, I'll see you and Alpine Shepherd Boy next Wednesday.
1: Alright, looking forward to it.